Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 275. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you for listening once again. Thank you for downloading. First-time listeners, hello, welcome aboard. We, ho- we hope you enjoy the show and turn into a regular listener. My name is Stephen Fennick, and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, an Australian world first with gym kit, which can link Apple Watch to cardio equipment. Kogan shakes up the computer market with a new affordable notebook range. And Tesla shocks the world by unveiling the fastest production car ever built. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Jedi Challenges, where you get to wield a lightsaber. Audio flies impressive Bluetooth earphone range and the Huawei Nova 2i smartphone. And we're going to finish up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A massive show plan, so we're just going to jump straight in. Australia has come up with a world first with uh, the new gym kit, which was uh, an Apple technology rolled out at the Worldwide Developers Conference as part of the updated Watch OS 4. Now, this is a technology that enables your Apple Watch to pair with compatible cardio equipment in a gymnasium. The Australian's uh, fitness first gymnasium chain are going to be the first in the world to roll out gym kit for their customers right here in Australia. And what, what Fitness First members will be able to do is to tap their Apple Watch to the gym kit enabled equipment. Uh, in particular, the Techno Gym is the brand. So Techno Gym treadmills, ellipticals, stair machines, indoor bikes are going to be uh, in their, in some of their gyms in Bond Street in the city and Barangaroo, Bondi Junction and in Richmond in Melbourne and rolling out to other gyms later on, uh, other Fitness First gyms later on. But it will allow a member to walk up to a machine and just put their Apple Watch near, near a, a small symbol on the machine and their Apple Watch will then be paired to that particular piece of equipment. So what will this this will allow is this information, this data that can be communicated back and forth between the Apple Watch and the equipment. So you can just imagine, say you jump on a treadmill, you paired up your Apple Watch, you're, you're, you're jogging on the treadmill. The treadmill will now take your heart rate, for example, from your Apple Watch and relate that to what you're doing on the machine. So it can now give you an accurate representation of your heart rate. You could get your heart rate on these other machines by gripping a handle. Not very accurate. But now with this with gym kit, the Apple Watch, which has got far more accurate heart rate monitoring than the gym equipment ever would, 
now you can relay that information and vice versa. You can get information like the distance traveled, average speed. All this information can now be fed into your Apple Watch as well and stored so that you can then get a better picture of your fitness story, whether you want to achieve a goal, maintain a fitness level. This this makes that a little bit easier. So imagine uh, two imagine two athletes. One athlete or one, one member would be someone who maybe wants to lose some weight, get into shape. The other member is perhaps uh, elite runner, triathlete, whatever on the other side. So let's call gym member one, which is the person wanting to lose a bit of weight and just get in shape. They're, they need to train at a certain intensity. And the intensity indicated is a lot easier to maintain with this data being exchanged. So if you, you know your heart rate, for example, so you know you need to be in a certain intensity for you to be to achieve fat burning. Whereas athlete B, so the triathlete, marathon runner, someone who's already in shape and wants to maintain fitness and maintain what their, their goal, they will be looking at a different intensity, perhaps even higher intensity where they want to maintain fitness. So they're, they're going to burn sugar rather than fat because they're, they're, they're training a little bit harder, a little bit faster. So they're, they're, this would suit all different types of users. And what's improved with the new with Watch OS 4 and, and now the Apple Watch Series 3, it's made the Apple Watch an even better sports watch. It was always a great smart watch and a pretty good sports watch. Now, what, what WatchOS 4 has offered is now it's made Apple Watch an even better sports watch. So it gives you all that information, that, that ease of use, and, and, and all these at your fingertips. And GymKit is just the cherry on top that allows the, the member to see their progress, to see uh, their information live the heart rate, the distance traveled, speed, all that information is being recorded and shared while you're doing it. Uh, I think it's you're going to see a lot of other gyms, and I remember at Worldwide Developers Conference, I did see a number of other brands of, of cardio equipment also up on the screen that, that they were interested in creating equipment that would work with GymKit as well. So GymKit is just one of the latest technologies produced by Apple. I'll give you another example, ARKit which was part of the uh, iPhone developers, so iOS developers, so they could create AR augmented reality apps. So this bit of code that Apple's come up with, this technology allows those developers to create these apps even easier. So GymKit's the same thing where uh, this isn't restricted to just Apple's native apps that are going to be able to talk to this equipment. There'll be all these other possibilities now with other third-party app developers to create these apps, perhaps even existing apps like RunKeeper, Strava, all these existing fitness apps that are very popular may decide to tap into GymKit as well so that rather than a person going for a run on the road, you with RunKeeper, they can perhaps track themselves, thanks to GymKit, on an indoor treadmill just as well as they would have if they were out on the road. So it's going to give that that uh, that type of accuracy uh, and that, that level of information that we previously didn't have.
Now, while we're on the subject of Apple, I thought I'd talk about another product, an upcoming product that was due to land in stores in December. And I'm talking about Apple's HomePod. Now, this was uh, announced at the same Worldwide Developers Conference as Jimkit was uh, was announced. HomePod was this new smart speaker that would would be powered by Siri, uh, would allow you, uh, a little bit like Google Home and those other smart speakers, allow you to talk to the speaker, find information, play music. So it, it's it's like a, an extension of Siri out of your smartphone. Well, uh, the sad news with this product is that uh, anyone who had their heart set on getting one of these for Christmas, well, unfortunately, the product, uh, the shipping time has slipped to next year. So it's been delayed until 2018. The HomePod, which was uh, revealed back in June at the Worldwide Developers Conference. And Apple, and this was unusual for Apple, that actually named a December release as well, uh, even named a price, US dollars 349. So 349 US dollars, no indication. It would probably be 499, you know, 549 in Australia with the conversion. No idea what that is yet. This is me guessing. But uh, the release has now moved to early 2018, according to Apple. Apple, uh, the spokesperson, and Trudy Miller said this, quote, we can't wait for people to experience HomePod, Apple's breakthrough wireless speaker for the home, but we need a little more time before it's ready for customers. And they said it will ship to customers in the US, UK and Australia in early 2018, which could mean January, February or March. We, we uh, I'm assuming the first quarter of 2018. Uh, we actually uh, were able to hear HomePod at the Worldwide Developers Conference. And I've got to say, and I've written this on Tech Guide. You can you can read this. I was amazed at the sound quality. Uh, pretty small product. It's eighteen centimeters tall, but with a massive sound. Really crisp. Really clear. Excellent bass. They had it uh, in this demo area. They had it side by side a couple of other rival speakers, and it absolutely blew them away. So uh, I'm looking forward to still getting hold of a HomePod when it's eventually launched in 2018. Unfortunately, we need to wait for it, but uh, from the limited time I've spent with it, I can tell you it's going to be a very, very impressive speaker. If you want to read more about uh, Gym Kit and how it's going to be integrated in an Australian first at Fitness First Gyms, and it will roll out to other gyms later on, and also the HomePod delay, you can check both of those stories out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Well, Kogan.com is an online electronics retailer, or all kinds of, they even sell appliances and all kinds of things. They've also overta- uh, taken over dicksmith.com.au. Kogan's always in the habit of releasing affordable products uh, created under its own brand, uh, cutting out the middleman so they don't have any stores. You buy directly online from factory to the customer. And as a result of that procedure, that practice allows them to cut a lot of the price. So much of the price we pay when uh, major companies create in a factory, then it's shipped out and put in a store. That adds levels of expense to the product. What Kogan has managed to do over all these years uh, has removed those layers and given it uh, given products directly to customers at far more affordable prices. Now, the latest products that Kogan has uh, offered in this way are Windows 10 notebooks. Uh, Kogan has come up with a range of three notebooks, all running Windows 10 Home. So these would be, I think, ideal for students, entry-level users, and 
obviously, if anyone who wants a seriously high-powered computer, these aren't them. I'll just put that out there straight away. These are more entry-level, lower-end uh, for, for users who just want a casual use for the occasional productivity on the go uh, and convenience of having a touchscreen, a t- tablet, and a laptop in one. Uh, they are running Windows 10, Windows 10 Home, as I mentioned, and there's three products in the range, uh, starting with the Kogan Atlas 2-in-1 D300. This is a touchscreen notebook, uh, $199. Uh, it's powered by an Intel Atom X5 Z8 8350 processor, uh, 2 gig of RAM, 32 gig of storage, got a micro SD card slot to expand the memory, 10.1-inch display with 800 by 1280 resolution, so uh, just by those specs, you can tell why it is priced under under 200 bucks. But still, if you're just after a computer to use casually, either as a tablet or as a laptop, uh, and it does have a detachable keyboard, this is a pretty good price. And we're talking a product that can be used for email, for browsing, for, for doing some basic stuff. Uh, it doesn't have the most powerful processor in the world or a lot of RAM, but it is a product that you can use uh, casually if you want to just stay product, uh, stay productive on the move. Moving up to the, the Kogan Atlas 2-in-1 D500, another touchscreen notebook 2-in-1. This is $279, and here you see some improvements in the RAM. You get 4 gig of RAM this time, 64 gig of internal storage, a larger battery, a 6,000 milliamp hour battery. Again, 2-in-1, detachable keyboard. Use it as a tablet. Use it as a laptop. Does also have, by the way, all, both of these products I've mentioned already have USB slots, USB-C slots, uh, and micro SD card slots as well, so that you get the connectivity there that you'd expect from a Windows 10 product. They're just uh, they're just a lot cheaper. With the D500, you also get a better quality screen, same size, 10.1 as the D300, but a 1920 by 1200 resolution, which is a step up from the D300. Now, moving right up to the X300, this is the Kogan Atlas Ultra Slim X300, the D500. Uh, notebooks. Sorry, the X three hundred notebook. That is three hundred and forty nine bucks, and this is more a laptop. And I have to say, it looks a lot like a MacBook Air. Has the same kind of uh, shape, same kind of color. Has that uh, aluminium look. Uh, it is a a pretty close description. If you were to say what what notebook it looks like, I think the one I'd choose would be the MacBook Air. Not as thin as the MacBook Air, but not far off it. It's only 12.9 millimetres thick, so really easy to fit in your bag. It's powered by an Intel Celeron N3350 processor, has a 13.3-inch screen uh, and a 1080 by 1920, so full HD display, 4 gig of RAM, 64 gig of storage, and has an SSD expansion slot. So if you want to put a larger solid-state drive uh, in there, you could uh, through the expansion slot. Uh, it is got all, all the your connectivity you'd expect. Uh, it's got USB, uh, USB-C, a micro SD, a, a card slot as well. Uh, it's got a dual-core 2.4 gigahertz processor. That's the uh, the N3350 processor's a dual-core. And uh, has, I think I've already mentioned, 64 gig of storage, which is expandable, 4 gig of RAM, uh, Intel HD graphics cards, and micro HDMI port as well. And as I said, it looks a lot like a MacBook Air, but obviously running Windows 10 Home. So there, there's an example of three products. One's under 200 bucks. 
Uh, and the top of the line to rice there in Kogan's range is 349 bucks. These are available for pre-sale. So what that means is that you register, you order one, and when the orders are cut off, Kogan knows they've got to make X amount of laptops. That's, that's how they know they're going to offer that great price because there's no wastage. They're not taking a gamble on creating 20,000 of these things and only selling 10. That's that's another reason why the prices are kept down. So uh, they are available for pre-sale from Kogan.com. Uh, if you want to see the images of those devices, those, no, those notebook range, and also links to where you can order one if you're interested, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Now, I've got to say, I've become a bit of a Tesla fan in the last six months. I have driven the Model S, uh, which I really liked. I've also driven the Model X, which I uh, took on a bit of a destination drive. I spoke about that a few weeks ago. And I am a fan of the brand. I, I really like the fact that it's an electric car, so there's no emissions, really quiet, still very fast, though. Performance is incredible. Uh, it is the future. It is uh, an amazing car with lots of technology built in, but you know the fact that, it, it, that this thing runs on batteries and requires no fuel at all, no fossil fuels at all, and has no emissions, as I mentioned, uh, which is really impressive to me. And I think uh, in, the next, in the next year or two, I, I'd, if I were to choose a car to buy, uh, to drive, I, I think the Tesla would be near the top of my list. Well, uh, late last week, Tesla did it again with another announcement, and what was originally uh, advertised as their event the event was only meant to unveil a new uh, electric semi-trailer, and they did that. So they, they the launch was for a heavy vehicle. Uh, we're talking a, a semi-type vehicle, a big lorry, that will go into production at the end of 2019 uh, with a range of 800 kilometres, which is huge. So a lot of, uh, in the event, they were saying that many of the jobs for truck drivers are less than 400 kilometres. So it is, it is possible for a truck driver to get from their origin to the destination and back uh, on on one charge. Uh, that, that could save a lot of money moving forward. The, the semi uh, also is able to uh, have autonomous driving capabilities as well. Uh, one feature which stood out for me was the fact that the Tesla truck, this new semi, could lead a driverless convoy. So we could have two other trucks uh, being guided autonomously behind them. So imagine that there's a lead driver in the front truck. The two trucks following have no drivers. They are just being guided by the lead truck. So that's two less drivers you need. Uh, so more haulage with one driver, not not three drivers, but also there's there's less risk of the drivers getting tired. So you you have less danger there if these with two other autonomous car, trucks following. Then uh, that's that's uh, a little little less danger in terms of drivers trying to burn the burn the candle at both ends and try to uh, make make the journey without enough sleep. That, that's a story for another day, but the two autonomous semis towing, being towed behind the, uh, the Tesla lead truck, that, that, that's pure technology right there. And in, inside the cabin, I've got a picture on Tech Guide as well, inside the cabin, the driver actually sits in the middle. So there's a, the steering wheel in the middle and a screen on either side. So it's, it's like a, a, the cock, cockpit, no left or right drive. This is just, you just sit in the middle of this thing. Uh, and uh, and you're on your way. But what was the big surprise at this event was that after uh, 
uh, Elon Musk, the head of Tesla, got through his spiel about the semi-trailers. One of the semi-trailers, the trailers actually opened up. And from out of the trailer raced the Tesla Roadster. This is a vehicle that is capable of going from zero to 100 kilometers an hour in just 1.9 seconds. Top speed of 400, more than 400 kilometers an hour, and a range of 1,000 kilometers courtesy of its 200 kilowatt battery. So this has got supercar written all over it. Uh, it's going to cost you two hundred thousand US dollars. There's also a one thousand uh, limited edition of one thousand Founder Series versions of the car, which are two hundred and fifty thousand US dollars. So uh, most impressive. This car, th- those figures are, are absolutely unbelievable. One point nine seconds, zero to one hundred. Now I drove the Model S, the P one hundred D, and it had zero. It went from zero to one hundred. I think in two point four seconds or 2.8 seconds, it was stupidly fast. And the reason for that is that the Tesla electric motor gives you instant torque. It's on straight away. So it's not like a combustion engine has got to rev up to speed. This is on straight away and moving. So uh, this reaching 100 kilometers an hour in 1.9 seconds would absolutely throw you back in the seat. It'd be like being on an an aircraft that's just gunning the engines down the runway to take off. That's the sort of power you're going to get. Now, if you do want one of these, you've got to have a reservation uh, price of fifty thousand US dollars. You're not going to see it till 2020 at the earliest. Uh, if you wanted the one of the limited edition Founder Series Tesla supercars, the 250 grand, you actually need to pay for the whole thing up front. So you think of this, think of how this is going to work. There'd be a thousand people thinking, "Yep, put, here's my money." So that's that's t- times two hundred fifty thousand. That's two hundred fifty million dollars right there for Tesla to develop the car, right up front. He's he's made a prototype, but if uh, the thousand Founder Series versions are, are, are pluck are, are all, uh, all all taken, then that's two hundred fifty million dollars right there. And depending on the number of people who put the fifty grand down for the two hundred thousand, the the normal version of the car. That's even more money. So that'll just go straight into producing the car. So costs there straight away. And Tesla, uh, one of the one of the only motoring companies that uh, their share price, I think, has risen by 46% in the last 12 months. Well, uh, it's really not hard to work out why. The Tesla Roadster and the Tesla Semi-Trailer, if you want to read about either of those vehicles, you can check it out. There's also a video too. Check the video out. I'll put that in the story, uh, the little YouTube video of the Tesla Roadster in action. You will, not, you will not believe your eyes. If you want to check that story out and watch that video, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. You can meet Orbi, the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Orbi gives you a reliable and crazy fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more dead zones, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi across the board. Orbi reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs and doors. It's got a dedicated internet connection so it helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you'll have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi tri-band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximise the speed you're paying for. Orbi's sleek 
sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi-Fi everywhere. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Tech First up, the Tech Guide review for this week is a really interesting product that was very close to my heart, and it's to do with Star Wars. I'm a big Star Wars fan. And this is Jedi Challengers. Now, I'll, I'll say this. Any true Star Wars fan, you wouldn't be a true Star Wars fan if you've never imagined what it would be like to wield a lightsaber or use the Force. That that's I think any true Star Wars fan would have would have dreamt about that. Imagine that. Well, Jedi Challenges has actually brought that imagination to augmented reality. So it is it's as close as you're going to get to wielding a lightsaber, a real life lightsaber. And this is an innovative product from Lenovo. Uh, it includes a augmented reality headset and a replica lightsaber. Uh, that you use to combat other your opponents, as well as playing other games like Hollow Chess uh, and some ground battles as well. Uh, it is a remarkable product that I have to say I was very excited to see, and I was not disappointed with the quality of the experience. First up, I have to say that the product uh, does include the replica lightsaber and and this is an exquisite design where the accuracy of this of the lightsaber and I've been looking at these for years I'm a collector and I've seen other replica lightsabers this is up there with the best replicas I've ever seen and I'm talking replicas that cost hundreds of dollars like we're talking 7 800 900 up to 1000 bucks just for a replica lightsaber handle not not the blade, the handle. Now, what what you in, get included with Jedi Challengers is this exquisite replica that is as good as a lot of those replicas that I've seen go for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Now, I think the $399 price tag for Jedi Challengers, I think a true Star Wars fan would pay that just for the lightsaber handle, which is which looks remarkable. And you can see those on my story on Tech Guide. But... Right out of the gate, a Star Wars fan is going to be really impressed by that lightsaber. Now, the experience itself, you need to have a smartphone. You need to have the Jedi Challengers app running in on your smartphone. And it then fits into a tray, which can then be adjusted to suit the size of your phone. So if you've got a recent smartphone, doesn't matter what screen size you have, because even if you've got a five and a half inch iPhone 8 Plus, which is what I use with the, with the with Jedi Challengers, it actually only uses a portion of the screen, so it doesn't discriminate against any type of brand or screen size. Everyone gets the same experience. So the the phone slots into the headset, and it's reflected then off a mirror into your eye line. So this is augmented reality, so you can actually see your surroundings. So if you're in a room, you can see the room. Uh, but the images are then projected in, in your eye line so that Kylo Ren or Darth Maul or Darth Vader are in the room with you and you have to face off with them with a lightsaber. 
that it is a really interesting experience. And what it basically involves is you you, you choose different levels. So diff- depending on the planets you visit, each planet will then take you, uh, you you develop your skills. It's called Jedi Challenges after all. So you do develop skills, you, you earn skills, and you fight different opponents of, of different uh, of different abilities. So the further into the game you progress, the harder your opponent. So you, you start off fighting Darth Maul, and then you fight a couple other characters, and then you face off against Darth Vader. Uh, then you you then get move up to Kylo Ren, and I understand that when the last Jedi comes out, the new Star Wars film, Episode Eight, there will be an update to the app which will unlock another character that you get to battle who will be in the last Jedi. So that's another bonus, uh, and the beauty of this system where the apps can the app can be constantly updated, so you're playing uh, these other opponents and using the latest and greatest features that's included. So when, when you when you have your lightsaber, it, it is unforgettable the first time you use this thing because it tells you, activate your lightsaber. So you can actually look down and see the handle, and then through the augmented reality headset, you fire up the lightsaber, it makes the noise and everything, and then you see the blade, uh, glowing blade on the end of your lightsaber. And then you get to do battle. You're deflecting laser shots. You're slicing Imperial droids. You're battling against Darth Maul and all these other other Sith Sith warriors as well. And you're taught then to parry. So there are little indicators in the in the screen. So you need to put your lightsaber here, then here, then here. So I guess it gets faster and more complicated. And then you're doing things like dodging left, dodging right, ducking. So it it actually becomes a bit of a physical workout. My heart rate was right up there. I had a sweat up uh, when I was playing the game. So that's that's what that's my favorite part of the game, the, the Jedi, the, the Saber Challenges. But there are other parts to the game so that you can play Hollow Chess, which is you can see the board, the, the, the board we saw in Episode 4. Remember the, on the Millennium Falcon, the Hollow Chess board was reflected. I think they also brought it back up in The Force Awakens, that same circular Hollow Chess board. So you can play basically Hollow Chess. The other part of the game uh, are the ground battles. So you can actually uh, use that. You, so you, you can place in your in your room this strategic combat. So you've got these massive ground battles and direct troops and things like that. So it's a bit of a tactical game. You do need a bit of room to play this. Uh, it does come with a small uh, a small device, uh, a, a tracking beacon that you place in front of you uh, with enough room around so you can move around it. That helps track you within the game. Uh, in terms of the clarity of the game, it was pretty clear. Obviously not sharp as, as 4K or, or full HD, but the images that you see were quite accurate. There, there were some times, though, where uh, your your jet, your lightsaber blade sometimes gets to gets at an angle. It's sort of the, the tracking beacon loses track of it for a little bit, but you just simply press a button on the side of the saber and it straightens up again. So it's not unusual to see, look down at your lightsaber, and the actual glowing blade is, is tilting off at an angle. One quick press of the button, it straightens that up again for you. So when you're playing the game and battling against your opponents, you're at least in with a chance. And you learn your skills as you go. The, the, the whole idea of the Jedi challenge is to get enough uh, get enough skill and powers for you to then to take on all those harder opponents. But it, it was a thrill to play. I got to say, I was surprised how good it was. And any Star Wars fan, uh, this is your best chance of wielding a lightsaber and having a lightsaber battle 
against these other opponents. And you'll battle stormtroopers and scout biker scouts and uh, imperial droids and all these other enemies, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, one thing I asked, though, and uh, this was I, uh, when I had the first demonstration of this a couple of weeks ago, I asked, why isn't there a Sith challenges as well? Because you, you being a Jedi, you're fighting against Sith characters, so you're fighting against evil characters. It kind of limits your opponent. So if you wanted to, if there was another version of the game called Sith Challenges or just Star Wars Challenges, it allows you to choose to be who you want. So you might want to be, you might want to be Darth Vader and fight Luke Skywalker and all these other opponents. Uh, in this game, you're, you're you, you're, you're no particular character. But I thought, wouldn't it be great if you had the opportunity to fight Obi Wan Kenobi or Qui Gon Jinn or Luke Skywalker or whoever? Uh, and uh, and just expand the the breadth of the game. That could still be possible uh, with the updated uh, the the ability to update the app. But the lightsaber you hold in your hand is a replica of Luke Skywalker, the the lightsaber that he's given by Obi Wan Kenobi in Episode Four, uh, which is technically Anakin's lightsaber from Episode Three, which Obi Wan Kenobi takes. So. You're going to have to sort of forgive that part of it if you do if it does expand to a Jedi a Sith challenge as well, but the basics is they can always sell you another lightsaber. They may sell you Darth Vader's lightsaber. I know, judging on the quality of the saber that's included, I would buy it just on that, just on the strength of having another saber that is incredibly detailed uh, and really accurate as well. Jedi Challenges, you can tell I'm impressed with this game. I am a Star Wars fan, so I may be slightly biased, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other Star Wars fans who want to give it a try, uh, and uh, you're not going to be disappointed. You want to read my review, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Now... I'm all for supporting Australian companies, and it's not often you can say that when it comes to tech companies. Well, we can this time, and that's thanks to an Australian company called Audiofly. They are a Perth-based uh, audio company. Uh, really had their gained their reputation and their heritage is in professional music production. So basically what they were doing is creating technology for professional musicians like uh, monitors. So you earphones for professional musicians so they can hear themselves during their shows. So what they've done is taken that expertise and applied it to a range of consumer Bluetooth headphones. Now, there are three in the range. There's a good, better, best version of the headphones. And they start at $59.95, and that's for the AF33W, uh, and that is f- f- less than 60 bucks. And for that price, you'd normally expect something cheap and nasty, but that's that's the, as far from these as, as you can imagine. These are very, very high quality for the price. They're certainly punching above their weight. Uh, they've got really nice construction. They're sweat-resistant as well. They, they fit in your ear really nicely too. Really nice clarity and bass levels. And we had to keep reminding ourselves, this is a $60 pair of earphones. Incredible. You want to jump up to the AF56W, that's 139 bucks, And here's where you see the quality, again, take another leap. And you've got stainless steel earbuds, uh, sleeker design, braided cable, slightly better audio quality, not slightly noticeably better audio quality. Now, all what all the earphones have in common are the inline controller 
uh, also doubles as the radio and the battery. There is actually two. So there's one controller, and on the other side of the cable is just another little module that can that houses the battery or the radio, Bluetooth radio, just so that they don't have to be packed into the earbuds. The earbuds are relatively small. So all of those have that. My only criticism is that it's a little. those little modules are a little plasticky, a little big, and unless you wear them around the back of your neck, which is how you're supposed to wear them, uh, it's going to affect the balance of them. So the, the, the buds, if you wear them with the cable running under your chin, it's going to maybe drag down the, the earphones a little bit. But if you wear them over your, around the back of your head, where those modules sit on the back of your neck, then it's a lot more comfortable. Uh, now, at the top of the line, you've got the AF100W. And these, are they follow the design based on the professional stage monitor. So they've got this little over-the-ear loop. Uh, and then they sit in your ear really comfortably. Well, with, they've got memory foam on the end of the, on the ear tips. So really snug and comfortable fit. They too have the AudioFlex cable and aptX audio streaming technology, as does the uh, the mid the mid uh, the AF56Ws that has that same technology, so streaming technology, so that the audio quality is is high. Now I've got to say, and that top of the line model is one hundred eighty nine dollars, and that is you can again hear the quality step up a little bit. The designs are a little bit more sophisticated as well, so there is a clear, distinct, good, better, best choice here, uh, and all of them certainly punching well above their weight in terms of sound quality and value. Uh, they, you, you'd compare these to earphones that cost hundreds of dollars more. So AudioFly have delivered an amazing range of Bluetooth earphones, and on uh, Another great, the good news is the fact that they're an Australian company, so you can support an Australian company with AudioFly. They, they are very, very impressive uh, earphones, and I've reviewed them on Tech Guide as well as uh, supplied some images. Uh, and if you're after an affordable pair of earphones that punch well above their weight, I think the AudioFly earphones really fit the bill. If you want to read more about the earphones, you can check out our review at techguide.com.au. Rounding out our reviews for this week is the Huawei Nova 2i smartphone. Now, Huawei has been a very busy smartphone company. They've currently got the Mate 10 and the Mate 10. Mate 10's out now. Mate 10 Pro comes out in a couple of weeks. But in the meantime, they've also produced this nifty little product called the Nova 2i. Now, it's got a 5.9-inch display. It has the same 18 by 9 all-screen design as well. But it's also the first smartphone with dual cameras on the front and the back. So if you're really into your selfies and into your photography, the Nova 2i is certainly a smartphone to look at. So your selfies, uh, the front camera, you've got a 13 megapixel and 2 megapixel cameras on the front. On the back, you've got a 16 megapixel and 2 megapixel camera uh, on the rear as well. And this is a mid-level device, 499 bucks. And you are getting a lot of the top shelf features. So you've got a nice sleek design. Uh, it's made of aluminium. Honestly, in my opinion, it looks a lot like the iPhone 7 Plus. I think I've got a picture of them next to each other. And uh, it's almost separated at birth. So sort of same sort of material, same sort of shape, curved design. Uh, but the Nova 2i is obviously a lot cheaper, and it's also running Android, which is a major difference. Now, uh, in terms of this, uh, the phone, the cameras are a very important part of the functionality. 
it does have an excellent camera. It takes really nice photos, uh, a lot of features you, you can you can explore there, manual modes and very different modes. But uh, you, you've got the dual front lens camera. You can take portrait shots as well with that. Uh, and you've got a self-toning flash as well, so uh, kind of like the true tone flashes you've seen on other devices. And you can get that nice bokeh effect, so the blurred background, uh, crisp in in focus foreground so you can have some create some really impressive uh, pictures with this now it's got an eight core kirin 659 chipset four gig of ram 64 gig of internal storage and it's expandable with a micro sd card as well it also uses the emui that's the emotion user interface not too bulky sits over the top of android quite nicely battery wise you got a 3340 milliamp hour battery uh, a day easy possibly a day and a half uh, there are some pictures i put on tech guide by the way of some pretty silly selfies that i took of myself but uh, the dual front lens camera really does a great job so can take some pretty clean selfies if you're into that stuff as well a couple of downsides it's not water resistant so don't go dropping this in the toilet or spilling a drink on it it's not water resistant uh, if you're thinking of using android pay think again there's no nfc on this phone uh, it does also have the older micro USB port, not the newer USB-C port. Now, you've got to remember the Nova 2i, and these, by the way, these features aren't deal breakers. This is still a good value phone. 499 bucks. you're getting all these features, great camera, really nice battery life, crisp 5.9-inch display, really slick design, and under 500 the Huawei Nova 2i, you can check it out. Our full review is at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Now, public Wi-Fi isn't always safe. It may be convenient, but not always safe. Without the right protection, your personal information could become public. Now, the recent Cracks Wi-Fi vulnerability is just one example of this vulnerability. This group allows attackers, this group of vulnerabilities allows attackers to intercept data transmitted across a Wi-Fi network. Now, you know, things like personal information or uh, over the internet or anything stored on any connected device, including things like passwords, credit card numbers and more, they could become vulnerable. Now, all this personal information can be used towards committing identity theft, even accessing your bank accounts without your knowledge. So the team at Norton are dedicated to helping you keep that valuable information safe. And they do that with Norton Wi-Fi privacy. It encrypts the personal information you send and receive on public Wi-Fi to help keep it private wherever you want to log on. Help protect your information with Norton Wi-Fi privacy. To find out more, visit au.norton.com. Tech Guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. On the Tech Guide Help Desk, I thought I'd talk about, uh, answer a question that I do get asked a lot. And that is, is it worth buying a cheaper brand? Now, early we spoke about the Kogan range of notebooks and other companies that make, uh, they have more affordable products. The reason they're affordable is because they either have uh, better manufacturing processes so they can save a bit of money in the manufacturing, or they're slightly inferior to the more expensive products. It's like if you want to buy a car, you've got a choice of buying a Kia or a Hyundai, or if you want to spend more money, you can buy a Ferrari or a Mercedes-Benz. 
it's that sort of thing that people need to ask. And, and they asked me, they said, look, is it worth buying that cheaper brand? And my answer is, yes, it is. Uh, well, for a start, it's cheaper, so you can afford it. And the other part is that it does deliver what the other big brands do. It just doesn't do it in the same quality. So if you're after a product, if you're on a budget, you can still get a decent quality phone or TV or whatever you're looking for, computer. Of course, it's not going to perform as best as the top of the line model, but it's going to allow you to get things done, to watch your shows, to get some work done, make your phone calls, do run apps. It's still going to allow you to do it. It just won't allow you to do it as well as if you were using one of the top of the line products. A Kia is still going to get you from point A to point A, point B. It just won't do it as luxuriously as you would be riding in a Mercedes Benz. It's going to basically do the same thing. So I say to people, the value is there. A lot of people say, look, a Kogan TV is any good. I say, well, they're not as good as a Samsung TV or a Sony TV, but they offer a lot of value. You're only going to pay, you're going to pay a lot less money for the product and you're going to get value. If you want value, then the cheaper brands are where the value is going to lie. If you want more quality and luxury, then you're going to have to pay for that. So it's really a decision for the customer to make if they can, A, afford it, and B, if they're happy with that, with what that delivers, if they just want a phone that makes calls and takes pictures and does all that, then, of course, a $199 phone can do that. They don't really need to buy a $1,500 device. If they just want a, a TV for the lounge room or for the kid's bedroom or the, uh, the, another room, then, sure, they don't have to spend 10000 on a 4K Samsung or Sony television. They can buy a cheaper TV. So it's really a case-by-case basis about well, how, you're, how you want to spend your money, whether it's important for you to have all that luxury, all those key features that you may not even know about or use. So that, I hope, explains the thinking behind why someone may opt for a cheaper brand because it all comes down to the dollars. If you can afford it, you know, great. If you can't afford it, there's an alternative. It still can get. It can still do what those other more expensive products can do. It just won't do them quite as well. Quite as won't have quite the same quality. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, it can still do the basics that you require. So yes, it is worth buying a cheaper brand because it's a cheaper brand. It's it's cheaper. You're not going to spend as much money. And you know what? If you are, if you only drop one hundred and fifty dollars on a product, say for example a really cheap smartphone, then if it does turn out to be not suitable to your needs, or you you uh, you know, only last you a few months, well, you haven't wasted a thousand bucks. It's only one hundred and fifty dollars. And look, I know for some, one hundred and fifty dollars is a lot of money, but it's good to know that there are brands out there that can actually offer decent quality at an affordable price. And that, that is exactly what I'm talking about here. They're those cheaper brands that offer that for good quality at an affordable price. So it is worth checking out those cheaper brands. By all means, I've written about plenty of them at techguide.com.au. And that is the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything that we've spoken about, of course, at techguide.com.au. And we'd like to hear from you as well. We'd love for you to send us a voice bite. Use our voice bite app to uh, record and share your voice. So you can either ask me a tech question, ask for my opinion, 
or give me your own little 15-second review of a tech product that you've bought recently. We'd love to hear your voice on the show. And by using VoiceBite, I will play your voice on the Tech Guide podcast so you can become a star of the show. And if you want to send us an email, we'll accept them as well at info at techguide.com.au. But priority will be given to VoiceBite because we'll be able to play your voice on the show. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you, your family, and your devices safe online. Thanks for listening. We'll look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.